Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, January 23rd. Coming up, Missouri Governor Mike Parson's budget proposals are attracting some surprising support from Missouri Democrats. We'll find out why and get a Democratic take on the legislative year ahead. But first, our regular Monday roundup of what's happening in state politics and government on both sides of the state line. Two Kansas City clergy members have joined a lawsuit filed last week to overturn Missouri's abortion ban. KCUR's Madeline Fox has more. After the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, Missouri outlawed all abortions except in the case of a medical emergency. A group of Missouri religious leaders say that ban violates the state constitution's policy separating church and state. Doug Alpert is the rabbi at Congregation Kolami in Midtown. He told KCUR's Up to Date that in the Jewish faith, the life of a pregnant person comes before the rights of an embryo. The abortion bans that have been established in Missouri deny me that right to exercise Jewish law and how Mm. I counsel my congregants. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey says he plans to vigorously defend the law in court. Meanwhile, on the Kansas side, where the state Supreme Court has said the legislature can't ban abortion, there's a new bill that attempts to give that power to local governments. Even so, as Rose Conlon of the Kansas News Service reports, it might have little practical impact. It's the second bill targeting abortion introduced so far this year and comes less than six months after Kansans voted overwhelmingly to protect abortion rights in the state constitution. While the bill itself wouldn't create any new abortion restrictions, it would allow cities and counties to enact their own. But Jeffrey Jackson with Washburn University School of Law says courts would likely find any local bans unconstitutional. From that perspective, this legislation doesn't actually do anything. Still, it could have a greater impact if abortion opponents succeed in eroding the state's abortion protections in the future. Republican Attorney General Chris Kobach has said he wants the state Supreme Court to reconsider its ruling that protects abortion rights. After a massive state investigation of the Catholic Church in Kansas covering the last 70 years, the Kansas legislature is now considering measures that would make it easier to prosecute clergy accused of sexual abuse, even for incidents that occurred decades ago. As KCUR's Frank Morris reports, victims' advocacy groups are hoping for more than legislation. They want names. Earlier this month, the Kansas Attorney General's office released a summary of a report dealing with the Kansas Bureau of Investigations four years looking into clergy sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. The Bureau identified 188 clergy members suspected of committing serious sexual offenses going back decades. But the survey that was released doesn't identify the accused abusers. David Clossy, with the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests, wants those names. We're submitting a formal open records request to the new AG saying release those names and release them promptly. Even if some of the names are already known, Classy says the list could reveal the names of priests still interacting with children. We'll be back after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. 
NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Missouri Governor Mike Parson delivered his State of the State address last week. He didn't call for massive new tax cuts or mention critical race theory or drag shows or transgender athletes. Instead, the Republican governor laid out his plans for the state budget and Missouri's record-setting $6 billion surplus. Nearly a billion dollars to improve Interstate 70, major new investments in education, the largest expenditures ever on expanding access to child care and early childhood education all framed as drivers of the state's economy and as a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity to secure Missouri's future. It's unclear how Parsons' fellow Republicans will respond to his plans to spend on infrastructure and save for the future, but one group is making its support clear. Democrats. I sat down with one of the state's top Democrats, Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo of Kansas City, and I asked him what he thought of the governor's proposals. Yeah, look, I think it's a good start. And, and obviously, we wish that some of this stuff would go a little further. We've been talking about childcare for the last two, three decades. It seems like Republican ideas are decade-old Democrat ideas now. I think the childcare thing is huge. I really do. I mean, the, the Missouri Chamber coming out and saying that the Missouri economy lost $1.4 billion last year due to lack of childcare. Uh, it's an economic issue. It's not so much about a giveaway or handout. People need to be able to get to work. It is it it is a good start. It's something Democrats have been talking about for a very very long time. I'm glad the Republican Party seems to be, or at least the governor, by the way, seems to be catching up. Well, let me ask about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the governor has made these proposals. You know that it's the Republicans in the legislature who will have the real decisions mm-hmm. about what gets funded and what doesn't. How do you think his proposals will fare? I think he's going to have a tough time. I think this is one of the more conservative legislatures in the entire country now. And I don't think the governor is on the same page with what they're wanting to do. Uh, If you notice, uh, none of the culture war Republican stuff was in his his speech the other night. It was all bread and butter, getting back to business type things. And and we're here for that as Democrats. Like we we are ready to sit down and have conversations about how we move Missouri forward in in schools and business and child care and all of those issues. But uh, it seems like there's more Republicans in the legislature that want to talk about uh, transgender stuff or, or CRT or whatever is going to divide people. Well, and so there are a lot of those bills on on the agenda, it seems. There's already been hearings in the Education Committee on, mm-hmm. on some of those issues. A lot of attention to what kids are being taught about race and history and about sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, there's concerns expressed uh, in other proposals uh, about what's in libraries or about uh, drag shows uh, attracting children to, to watch them. What do you make of all this? Uh, where is this coming from? And and what what's likely to end up as legislation after all the talking is done? Oh, I think these are just the red herrings. These are red herrings to keep them in power. These are the things that trip people's trigger for some reason. Uh, I, I wish they cared as much after a school shooting uh, to change laws as they do after a drag show in a school. Uh, the, the priorities are just so far out of whack. It is unbelievable to what regular working families are facing every day. People are trying to get to work. They're trying to make a living. Right now, they're paying 5 $6 a gallon for milk. And, and the thing that they want to come back with is something about you know, uh, uh, drag shows or critical race theory that they really can't even define at the high school or, or, or K-12 through level. 
And so these things are just divide and conquer things. Honestly, the governor's proposals are where Missouri are at. I mean, it, the governor's proposals are where Missourians are at. I mean, period. They, they want to know how they're going to get to work. They want to make a decent wage. They, we want to attract business to the state of Missouri. We want to grow business in the economy. We want to make sure that a single mom has the ability to have a good life without having to worry about making ends meet. And I think the governor gets that. I hope the legislature will follow his lead. This is a really strange situation, Senator, that uh, I'm talking with the Senate Democratic mm-hmm. leader and he is giving a full-throated endorsement <laughs> of the governor's budget proposal, which he thinks might be in trouble with the governor's own party. Uh, are the Senate Democrats going to actually carry water for the governor's plan? Are you actually going to be advocating against the governor's own party for his proposals? We are more than willing to work with anybody, Democrat, Republican, whatever it might be, that is looking to make lives easier in the state of Missouri, that is looking to give opportunity to Missourians that are trying to, to make a living and, and succeed. Uh, if that means we have to work with the governor of the different party, we are absolutely there. Uh, if that means we have to work through the legislature, we'll do that as well. But I don't think that it is a bad thing to work across the party lines if if people have the same outcome of making Missourians' lives easier and better. And how about with those other proposals, things like the the bans on on, on so-called critical race theory or uh, trying to, to legislate against drag shows, uh, it, what does the Democratic caucus in the Senate do in response to that legislation if it makes it to the floor? Uh, can you stop it? I, it's going to be really difficult for us to stop it. And this is the conversation that we always have uh, uh, in, in the Missouri Senate because we do have the ability to filibuster, but going all the way to, to forcing an ending debate, which is what they have done in the past, is a very dangerous proposition. So we have to really kind of take it day by day, moment by moment at some times to decide on how we're going to handle all of this stuff. Because one thing can very easily uh, cause a tumble into a lot of bad things being passed. So, you know, our, our job is to try to be steadfast, uh, make sure whatever they pass absolute, isn't absolutely catastrophic. You know, I tell people we take natural disasters and turn them into thunderstorms, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> well, and I think I, I, I dare say you have sort of a reputation for being willing to work across the line, sort of making deals, finding a compromise. Are there some things that you won't compromise on? I've heard some of your colleagues say, this is where I draw the line. This is where I will stand on the floor until I uh, fall down in exhaustion. Where Where is the line? What What will you not allow to pass in this session? When you sit, when you have... 10 senators, as we do, in in a body of 34, they have the ability to put the gas pedal down whenever they want. And you have to be very careful on saying, drawing lines in the sand. Because once you draw that line in the sand and they cross it, then you're in a situation where why won't they cross it again and again and again? And before you know it, you don't have one really bad idea. You have 20, you have 30. So I, I, I have a really tough time, especially as Democratic leader, because a lot of times I have to speak for a caucus and I have a really tough time saying this is absolutely a no go, no way situation. Are there a lot of terrible things that I absolutely hate, wish that would never come up 1000 percent. But as long as we have, you know, 10 senators in a body of 34, we unfortunately are in a position to where we have to try to work through problems instead of just saying no, because we just don't have that option. I spoke last week with the leader of the Kansas City Women's Political Caucus, Laura Loyakano, and she said that even though almost all abortions are now illegal in Missouri, she still thinks reproductive rights could be further restricted 
or uh, that, that there will be more legislation that affects women and their choices. Are you concerned about that? Yes. This, uh, this is absolutely one of the most extremist legislatures in the country, in my opinion, especially when it comes to uh, abortion, especially when it comes to guns. And I absolutely feel like with term limits, these new senators, new legislators, they have boxes that they need to check for their Republican primaries. Those boxes are tax cut. Those uh, the, other, the other box that they have to check usually is a gun bill that will satisfy the NRA. And the third one is a uh, quote unquote pro-life bill or, or thing that they look to do. Well, They've already banned it in the state of Missouri, so there's not a lot of place to go except for extreme, extreme places. So, and we've seen proposals of arresting women for leaving the state. We've seen outlandish proposals like that. So uh, we always have to be vigilant about what they're trying to do. But it always comes back to anger with these people. It always comes back to a, a, a divide and division. They're not looking to make lives better for people. They're looking to keep people angry so they keep voting for them. And uh, give everyone credit, this last cycle, it did not happen. You know, the Democrats picked up three House seats. That was impressive. The one really competitive seat in the Missouri Senate, we won. And, and I really feel like people are starting to realize this shell game of red meat thrown at you to vote for them while they uh, try to pass things like right to work, mm -hmm. right? And, and take money out of people's pockets. And, and people are getting sick of it. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about the Kansas City metro area. It feels like it might be having a little bit of a moment in the General mm -hmm. Assembly. Uh, you're the Senate Democratic leader. John Patterson, Republican of Lee Summit, is the House Majority Leader. It, it hasn't always been like that. Kansas City has sometimes felt like it's sort of the, the lowest priority after rural areas, after St. Louis. Sure. Does it feel like something might be happening different this session? Are there ways that you see Kansas City uh, being particularly well represented uh, or or likely to enjoy any benefits? I will tell you, I talk to people all across the state and they are just enamored with the city of Kansas City and how well we're doing and, and all the development and a World Cup in 2026 and the Chiefs are doing so well and, you know, the possibility of maybe a, a downtown stadium and, and, and they are just very enamored with Kansas City. We, we love St. Louis and uh, economically we need them to be successful and we, we will do whatever we can to try to help them. But I have people come up to me constantly in the legislature, electeds, elected people or, or otherwise, and they just, they love what's going on on this side of the state. And uh, we should be very proud of the things we've been able to accomplish the last decade or so uh, in moving Kansas City forward. So I think some of it does come from that. You know, they, they, they want to know what's in the, the, the secret in the sauce. <laughs> that was Missouri Senator John J. Rizzo of Kansas City, the Senate Democratic leader. Tomorrow on the podcast, we'll hear from Missouri Governor Mike Parson himself about the budget and his other priorities for the year ahead. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For all the latest local news from Kansas City's NPR station, be sure to keep up with KCUR.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.